It's uh, been an exciting weekend for us. I uh, was thinking about a verse in Corinthians that kind of describes what's been going on in my heart. I thought we might just uh, think about that for a minute before we get into the message from 1 John 4. It's uh, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 and 18. This morning we'll be talking about the Holy Spirit, and this is a wonderful description of what happens when the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit is here. He's here in our midst, he's here in each Christian, and he's drawing us to Jesus. And he's changing us. He's making us more like Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I have a lot of change that has to happen in my life before I'm even close to resembling Jesus. But it's such a blessing that he's working in, in my heart and in our hearts. I've sent this weekend, and I've just been so encouraged by all of your lives. Uh, you as a group have been very encouraging to speak to and to talk to, and you've been willing to volunteer and to help with uh, all different aspects of the program. It's just been a great spirit of cooperation, and I know it's the Holy Spirit helping us. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to First uh, John 4. We've had some uh, Bible readers start out each session, and we're going to do that again this morning. There's two young men that will be reading the, the Scripture from First John 4. And then in our second session, we'll be hearing from 1 John 5. So why don't uh, the two of you that are going to read just come on up here and read, and the rest of us will follow along and open our hearts to the Word. If uh, Corwin and... Corwin and Corey... And while they're coming uh, for the second session, I uh, will will lay the uh, the papers here for the readers. And I know there's some men that want a blessing of reading, so just step on up to the the mic here. First John four. First John four. Four. One. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. <clears throat> Dear
dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we, ought also, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. No one who fears is not made perfect in love. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Thank you for the reading of the word. I'm so glad that we have the word. If we didn't know truth, uh, we would be in big darkness, wouldn't we? We talked about the darkness of not knowing where we are. And at times, even as believers, we struggle with not knowing where we are. But thankfully, the Holy Spirit is there with us to guide us. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. God the Father, there's one God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're one, and yet they're three. And don't ask me to explain that. It's... It's kind of beyond explanation, and yet it's true, because the Bible teaches it, and God has revealed himself as uh, three persons, although he is one person. So the Holy Spirit of God is uh, referenced uh, different times in this book of 1 John. Uh, my text verse actually is verse 4, the one who is in you. 1 John 4, 4, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The Holy Spirit came in a general way on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit of God was always present and active in the world, even in creation. Uh, the Holy Spirit was there. And at certain times, in certain places, the Holy Spirit moved in the Old Testament on people's lives. But he wasn't here in a general way till the day of Pentecost. Uh, Jesus foretold that to the disciples in uh, John 7:37. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and in a loud voice said, If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. John 14 and 15 and 16 are three chapters where Jesus talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. He was talking to the disciples before he was 
uh, going to be crucified. And he was telling them, I'm going away, I'm dying. And they were very sad and they didn't like it. But he said, after I'm gone, I will send another comforter to be with you. Different translations translate the, the word Holy Spirit different ways. You may see in your Bibles the comforter, the advocate, the counselor, the helper, the advisor. And all these different English words help us get a picture of what Jesus, of who Jesus was talking about, the Holy Spirit. Actually, the Greek word has two parts to it. Uh, the first part is para, from which we have words like parachute or parallel lines. Parallel lines are right next to each other. A parachute, I'm not, I hope I never get to use one. Some of you I know have, and some of you wish you had. But a parachute would be that chute that is right next to you when you fall or jump or pushed out of the airplane. Uh, and you want that to be close to you so that you can trip the, the button. And so parallel lines are right next to each other. So para, the word para, which is part of, of the, the Greek word for Holy Spirit, has to do, has to, has, means beside or close to. The other part of the word has to do with making a judgment call. And so we talked uh, yesterday about Jesus is our lawyer, he's our advocate, he's beside the Father, he's close to the Father, and he's making judgment calls, or he's influencing God as our lawyer to make judgment calls on our behalf. So I, I imagine it goes something like Satan says, well, you see Dan down there? Uh, he's, he claims to be a Christian. In fact, he's speaking at the youth rally this weekend. But, you know, he, he's, he's really a pitiful sort of Christian. In fact, uh, he, he probably... You know, he shouldn't be uh, in heaven. He really isn't a Christian. And Jesus, who's close to the Father, said, well, let me, let me explain about Dan. He's, he's my child. I bought him with my blood. His sins are covered. He believes in me. And down there, the Holy Spirit's with him, helping him. And he, he's growing. He's moving toward the light. He's moving out of the darkness of sin. And Satan doesn't have it right. And so Jesus helps the Heavenly Father make a judgment call about me. And I'm glad. Aren't you glad? You have a lawyer, an advocate with the Father who's putting in a word for you. Meanwhile, down here on earth, the Holy Spirit is close to us. He's right beside us. He's right there all the time. He's actually, this, this verse 4 says, he, the one who is in you. He's inside of us. And don't ask me to explain that. This Holy Spirit is right inside of us. I like the story of the little girl who came home from Sunday school. and uh, She was puzzled. and She was asking her mom, you know, this Sunday school teacher kind of confused me this morning because she was saying how the God is so big. He's, he's bigger than the earth. He's bigger than the solar system. He's so big the heavens of the heavens can't contain him. He's really big. But then she went on to say, that God could live inside our hearts. That doesn't make sense. How would he fit? In fact, if this really was true, wouldn't he show through? Well, that's a good question from a little girl. I, I, I love questions from little children. <clears throat> and really, let's think about this. If the Holy Spirit is in us, shouldn't he show through? If he's that big, he's that powerful, he should, and he does. 
And I've seen it this weekend in your lives, and you've been a great encouragement to me. Uh, and the, the Bethel Mennonite Church here, the last number of weeks as they got ready for uh, the youth rally, it was an encouraging time for me. Different people sent me messages. They were praying for me. And, and God really did show through in, in your lives. And he wants to show through. He wants to help us in every way. In fact, every aspect of the Christian life is attended to by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent, Jesus said. We don't have time to go into all the scripture, but you can read John 14, 15, and 16 where Jesus describes some of the work of the Holy Spirit, how he's sent as a convictor of sin. He's sent into the world to convict the world of sin and judgment and righteousness and point people to him. He will not speak of himself, but he will speak of me, Jesus said. And so before we were saved, when we were sinners, the Holy Spirit was working in our hearts to convict us of sin, to help us realize, yes, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. And then after we're saved, the Holy Spirit is there to continue helping us. He's right there beside us. In fact, he helps us with our praying. Romans talks about that. We don't at times know how to pray. And the Holy Spirit helps us. He comes alongside us. It's kind of like moving furniture. Some of you have heard this uh, illustration before, but in our prayers, it's like we have a big piece of furniture that we can't move ourselves, say a piano. We, get, we need somebody to come alongside, get on the other side, help us. And that's what we, we need the Holy Spirit in, in our praying. Um, you can't be around young people very long before you hear them talking about their biceps. I just overheard it yesterday. We need strength, and especially the men uh, very interested in, in strength. And we've, Diane and Jeff and I, we moved a few times, and every time we move, we need some muscle power. And back in Monterey, Virginia, uh, there was a friend that said, I'll give you a tip how to get your moving uh, done well and fast. You, you invite several of the uh, young men from the uh, community to move. But you also invite several of the young ladies to watch. <laughs> Do you need help moving that? Oh, no, no. That looks pretty heavy. No, not heavy at all. <laughs> Do you want the dolly to move that? No, no, we can handle this. Biceps. We, we, uh, <laughs> I'm very tempted right now to replay the conversation I heard yesterday. These young, for those of you that are here for the first time, these young people were wearing name tags, uh, which I thought was great because we can, some of you know what this was about. There, there was a, uh, a name tag of, of a, a young man that was sitting on his biceps. And another man, young man looked at it and said, what's the name of your other bicep? <laughs> So the point is the Holy Spirit gives us the strength we need in our praying. We need the Holy Spirit to come beside us with every prayer, even when prayer seems to flow well. And especially in those times when prayer isn't flowing well. And in those times when we don't feel like praying, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. And Jesus is interceding at the Father. So I'm so glad for the work of the Holy Spirit in coming beside us and being in us. That strength is greater than the strength of 
he that is in the world, which is Satan. Satan is very strong. We have no, no power to, to compare with him. But the Holy Spirit is in us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that's encouraging. I'm, I'm really thankful for the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit. I picked out three things in this chapter of the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is quite involved, and I, I appreciate the R.A. Torrey. Uh, about 100 years ago, he wrote about the Holy Spirit, and just a few years ago, some of his writings were put together and revised into a book, and he has 25 chapters on the, on the uh, presence and the work of the Holy Spirit. He talks about how the, uh, the Holy Spirit convicts the world. The Holy Spirit bears witness to Jesus. The regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. The satisfaction that we have in our hearts because the Holy Spirit is in there. The Holy Spirit setting the believer free from the power of sin. The Holy Spirit forming Christ in us. The Holy Spirit bringing forth Christ-like graces of character. The Holy Spirit guiding the believer into life as a son of God, a daughter of God. The Holy Spirit bearing witness to our sonship, giving us assurance, which is what our next session is. So hopefully you'll be here for that session, most of you. We're going to talk from 1 John 5 about assurance, Christian assurance, knowing that we are saved. The Holy Spirit as our teacher, praying giving thanks and worshiping in the Holy Spirit. Anyway, all these, he has great, great little chapters and a lot of scripture that go with the work of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit sending forth men into definite lines of work, the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just behind the scenes and within us working and lifting up Jesus. He doesn't honor himself. He's here very quietly in our midst, in our hearts, in this room, in the basement, for those that are in the basement listening on the speakers down there, the Holy Spirit is here. And he's wanting to guide us and teach us and empower us and cleanse us and move us into works of service. It's not unusual that during youth rally times that young people sense in their heart what God wants them to do. And maybe this weekend, God's already been speaking to you about areas of your life that uh, he needs to change. About things in your future, directions you, he wants you to go. The Holy Spirit lives in us. So that's the first point. The Holy Spirit lives in us. The second point I've already touched on, the Holy Spirit lifts up Jesus. The Holy Spirit bears witness of Jesus glorifies Jesus. I'll read just a few verses from John 14, 15, and 16 where this, this fact is uh, spoken of by Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. John 15, 26, but when the comfort is... When the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. This Holy Spirit will speak about me. He will remind you of things that I've said. And then in John 16, verse 14, the Holy Spirit, he will glorify me. 
because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So the Holy Spirit gets all these wonderful gifts and graces and blessings and power from the Father. And he gives it to us in Jesus' name. And Jesus gets the glory and the praise. The third thing that I found really standing out to me in this chapter was that the Holy Spirit teaches the believer truth. So he lives within us. He lifts up Jesus in our mind, in our situations, and he teaches us truth. There's never been a time in the history of the world that there's more information floating around. In fact, this is probably one of the signs of the time uh, that Daniel the prophet talks about. He, Daniel the prophet was getting all these revelations of the future and he asked God, when, when is this going to happen? And the answer was, the end will come when men will be running to and fro around the earth and when knowledge is increased. And there's never been a time in the history of the world that there's not more travel and there's not more knowledge. There's so much information and misinformation that's out there and half information. How in the world are we going to sort all this out? The Holy Spirit is our personal teacher. That's good news for us, isn't it? 1 John 5, 7, which is the next chapter. We'll hear it read here in the next session. The spirit who test, it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is truth. And here in, in chapter 4, uh, verse 6, we are from God and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of falsehood. So there's this tension between the Christian and the world. It comes from the tension between God and Satan. And there's a, uh, Satan is the father of lies, the father of falsehood. In fact, Jesus said in John 8 to those who were opposing him, you belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of it. So out there in the world, and the world, of course, is the world we live in, is Satan and his forces. We don't see them. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, and I don't want to give too much time in this, this session to the unholy spirit, Satan. But we need to recognize we are caught in the crossfires between God and Satan between demons and angels. And we're safe because within us, greater is he, the Holy Spirit, that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. Praise the Lord. And we can rejoice in that today. And we can sort through information with the Holy Spirit's help. Information about the Bible. There's lots of writings out there about the Bible. And um, there's a lot of good things written about the Bible. But the best information that you can get as a young person about the Bible is when you do what you are doing right here. You're opening the Bible and you're looking at it and you're praying and you're asking, God, teach me. 
teach me what this means. And God will do that through the Holy Spirit. And it's a blessed time, isn't it? When there's scripture that all of a sudden makes sense. Oh, this is what this means. Like I shared the one yesterday. I was in my 20s when there's verses from Peter that made sense. That, that said, God hasn't come back yet. He hasn't returned because he is long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. Oh, so that's why he didn't return in my childhood or in my teens. That's why he still hasn't returned here in 2013. I don't know if he's going to come back this year, next year, 10 years. But if he waits a while longer, it will be because he is a loving, long-suffering God. He's waiting for more people to come to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Maybe there's some people here today who haven't yet come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ where you have not yet exercised personal faith in Jesus' death and resurrection. You've not taken that step of believing on Jesus as the Savior who shed his blood for your sins. Maybe that's part of why he hasn't come back. He's waiting on you. He doesn't want you to be lost. He wants you to live forever. So the Holy Spirit is teaching the believer truth. John 16, 13, Jesus said, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. We mentioned yesterday that First uh, John has a lot of contrasts. It has the contrast of light and darkness, of sin and righteousness, of truth and lies. There's different places in 1 John you can read. If you say you don't have any sin, you're a liar. If you say you love God and yet you hate your brothers around you, you're a liar. Because God is love. And that's real strong in this chapter as well. I think the second part of the reading, we, we had... Uh, that phrase, that fact. A few months ago, there was a sermon preached here by Brother Leon on this fact that God is love. What verse is that? Would be a good one to mark down. 1 John 4. I marked it here somewhere. Verse 8. 1 John 4, 8. Whoever does not love, does not love, but does not know God, because God is love. This is how God loved, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So, verse 7 and 8, I wrote here, is the source of love. The source of love is God. Dear friends, let us love one another, verse 7, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So the source of love is from God. And then verse 9 and 10. The show of love was God sending his son into the world to make that atoning sacrifice with his lifeblood so that our sins can be forgiven. And then the rest of the chapter I wrote could be called the security of love where we don't have to fear God. We're now part of his family. He loves us and we love him. 
and we can have confidence. Probably a lot of you know verse 18 by heart. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out or casts out fear. Fear is a very powerful emotion, and we all have it. Sometimes it rises more than others, but no matter what our fears or the size of our fears, God and his love is there to comfort us through the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> I was thinking uh, yesterday about a time that I was pretty scared. I've had a few little panic attacks in my life. and I remember one that was while I was sitting in an open space. I had a couple of panic attacks when I was crawling through some tight spaces in caves. We talked a little bit about caving. And over lunch yesterday, uh, Ron asked me if I did any caving. We lived in uh, Monterey, Virginia for eight and a half years. That's back in the mountains near West Virginia. There's a lot of wild caves back there, and there were some people that uh, knew a lot about them and were willing to take us in. And so I, I had a few times where I felt sort of a panic attack uh, in tight spaces, and I tried to avoid the tight spaces. In fact, that was a question to Mr. Phil Lucas. Phil Lucas, I was thinking about this overnight, Phil Lucas was kind of like the Holy Spirit. He, he was our guide in the cave. He's, he lived back there, and he was the... Uh, president of the Virginia Caving Association. He's mapped many caves. He's been caving for probably 40 or 50 years. And we were very fortunate, uh, Jeff and I, that he was willing to take us into uh, one of the caves at his place and teach us about safe caving. And then he was willing to come to a cave that was about a mile and a half from our house called Van Devender Cave. And it was, uh, we were told, a beautiful cave. It was a maze cave with about one mile of passageways and different levels within it. And so one day, we, one evening, we, we got on our, our lights, and Mr. Lucas had not been in that cave, but he was going in with us. And Jeff was probably about uh, nine or ten years old. And Pastor Steve, Steve Good, our pastor, uh, lived right across the road from this cave, so he was going too. He was always up for an adventure. So Mr. Lucas was our guide, and we looked at this cave, and we, I'd been told by different people, it's a beautiful cave. The only problem is there's a tight squeeze to get in. It's kind of just a little window that you had to get down on your belly to crawl through. But once you're in, it opens up. Beautiful rooms. It's really great, and I figured, well, I think, we, I think I'll be able to do this I, without a panic attack. So Steve and Jeff, Steve's kind of a little fella. Jeff was about nine years old, so they, they went in first. Mr. Lucas and I looked at each other, and I thought, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get through. I heard them, oh, yeah, this is great, and I could kind of hear their voices getting quieter. Basically, this cave went down at about, a, there was a little window to crawl through, that, which was flat, about 10 feet, and then it went down at a 45. It was like a chute that went down. Oh, yeah, it's opening up in here. I could hear their voices, I'm thinking. I think I can do this. Mr. Lucas and I looked at each other. You want to go first? Or? Oh, you can. I, I'll take up the rear. I think he knew I was scared. He'd been caving 40 or 50 years. Do you think the Holy Spirit knows when you're scared? He's been helping people. He's God. He knows when we're scared. 
So anyway, I got on my belly and slowly inched through. And yeah, it started to open up. I started to feel better. And this all happened pretty fast. I'm taking too much time with the story probably because as I got in where it opened up, I saw it was either Jeff or Pastor Steve's feet disappear through another little hole. And they were just chattering away. I thought, oh, I've got to go through that too. I didn't look up because up above was a bigger way. There's a big rock there, kind of where the chute opened up. There was a, a huge boulder-like thing. And there was a little crawl space underneath, which they had went to. They hadn't looked up or didn't care to look up. They liked the small spaces, I guess. So I just figured, I guess i got to get through this one too. And then, they, you know, it's going to open up again. So I went down, and that one was tight. I, you know, I felt the stones on my back. It was really tight. My heart started beating. Thankfully, it was at about a 45, so gravity was helping me. <laughs> I had in my mind thoughts like, I should not have done this. I will never get out of this. You ever been in a situation where you think, how in the world am I going to get out of this? As a Christian, we have someone beside us, comforting us, guiding us, calming our fears. So I didn't say any of this. I, I'm confessing it all now, but <laughs> I got through that tight space, and I was really shook in my mind. And, and the chute kept going down, and it was bigger. I could now crawl, and we went down to a room that was... Almost enough you could stand up and maybe 15 feet wide. And I thought, I don't know how in the world I'm ever going to get out of there. And I think I, one of us said something about, yeah, it's a little tight. And Mr. Lucas was taking his time. He said, oh, I said, there's really a tight space in there. I was worried about him. He was also my patient. I'm not going to give any personal information. But as, as I was caving with him different times it helped me to remember I think I sort of remembered what his weight was he was just a few pounds heavier than me so if he gets through then I think I can get through <laughs> so anyway the next two hours we were walking and we were in big rooms and we were looking at all the beautiful sights and in the back of my mind was the thought how am I ever going to get out of here but Mr. Lucas did say well you know there, there was more room on top of that rock you didn't have to go through that he I'm thinking, but I wonder how much room there really is up there. I wonder if I'm really going to get out of this. So two hours later, we're in the little room at the bottom of the chute. Brother Steve and Jeff, they scampered on up. After two hours of crawling around and jumping up ledges and whatnot, they were ready to get out, I guess. And Mr. Lucas and I were sitting there in the room. And I kind of confessed a little bit to him. You know, these tight spots really bother me. I guess you've caved with people before. That I, I, th I think I even had a little panic attack. Oh, yeah, he's talking real calmly. Yeah, different people. You just kind of take your time. I'll go up with you. You know, I'll, I'll be right with you. And, I, you know, I can, I can go ahead of you. And you can kind of watch my moves through. Um, or I can come right behind you. You know, which, whichever is better for you. And we've, we've got all the time you need here. I was thinking about this last night. That's like the Holy Spirit right there with me. Going in front of me, behind me, inside of me, guiding me. May not know every step, but you know, you can take this step. 
Some of you are probably facing decisions, big decisions. What's the next step you should take? The Holy Spirit's right there to guide. Are you all coming out? Way in the distance, pretty long shoot. I think it was Jeff's voice or Brother Steve's, kind of hard to tell. I'm thinking, they don't know I'm having a panic attack. That was the first time that my heart was racing in a big room, just thinking about going up that chute. Mr. Lucas yelled, Yeah, we'll be coming. We're just catching our breath. I thought, I like Mr. Lucas. <laughs> Mr. Lucas guided me out of that cave. And I went in four or five more times over the next few years. We took people in. We told them, it's a little tight at the beginning, but take your time. Look at me, as heavy as I am. If I can get through, you can get through. And we had a lot of fun in that cave. But I think it was a lesson to me, and maybe it's a lesson to some of you. We can't get through this cave of life. We can't get through the darkness, the tight spots, the mud without a guide we need a light we need a guide we need the holy spirit and he's here hallelujah he's here to comfort to guide to lift up jesus to show us the way and i'm so glad for that we love him because he first loved us i'm so glad for the love of god through jesus the holy spirit gives us assurance he lets us know, yes, no matter how you feel, you are a child of God. And that's what our next session is here this morning. So I just want to say, praise the Lord. And this morning I want to lift up Jesus. Let's do it together. And two, two, two young men get a privilege of reading God's Word next time. So why don't we just take care of that right now? Who, who would like to read God's Word uh, in the next session. Brandon, I think I saw your hand up. Thank you. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you the other one, and you can, I'm sure, find a friend between uh, now and the reading of the Word who will read it. Thank you.